Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to The Weekly Movie Show. The boys Connor and Benny. Hi there. I just want you to think. I'm, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing <laughs> just it. just testing out new intros yeah, every time, it. see how We've it goes. We've got to keep it interesting. Yeah. Uh, mammoth week, this guy's mammoth, prehistoric level shit right here. We have a Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. It's Chapter 2 trailer. And of course, we got to talk Dark Phoenix as well. Sad face. We've got 27 Avatar movies, 84 Star Wars movies. It's going to be crazy. I'm pumped. As I'm always pumped. I'm always ready for this. <laughs> I mean, Already- you are the, the, definitely the optimist of the group when it comes to the <laughs> weekly show. <laughs> I try. I try. I try. But uh, before we catch up on all the news, don't forget, you can check the annotations, guys. If you want to skip to any stories, Ooh. head down there. We're taking it up to the next level. Um, you, you spoke and we listened. You want to cut out Connor's parts. Yeah. We don't want to. We don't we want to do that. Have. He's our friend, so we don't want to do that to him. So we leave him in. But you can skip around all you like. Listen, before we get into the news, let's catch Cynical up. Cynical monologue is here. And <laughs> order in the court. Order in the court. All right, let's catch up on the weekly watchings. That's a new. That's a name. That's, that's a name for a segment. I like that. Um, all right. So this week. Um, I, I made a narrow miss. Like I, I feel like I've kind of uh, gotten away with robbery. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward watched, to this. Uh, we, we sat down, me and my girlfriend, we were trying to think of what to watch. And, um, we made the odd venture onto Stan. Um, and, uh, there was, uh, James Bond is on Stan. JB. JB. And, you know, I'm always happy to revisit either Casino Royale or Skyfall. Um, and my girlfriend went, oh, I haven't seen Spectre. I go, that's not necessary. <laughs> it's it's, it's fine. It. Do you remember Skyfall? Oh, I don't really remember Skyfall. Okay, let's watch that then. Yeah. Let's watch that. So I got away with that. I, you know, watched nice. Skyfall. Um, that's where the expertise gets you. Exactly, right? <laughs> and and look, Skyfall is a movie that I really love rewatching, um, if nothing else, but for the cinematography and the, the coloring. Um, I think it's a really beautiful film. Um, Roger Deakins, best in the biz. That it is. He is. Sorry, it is. <laughs> um, He's the, no man. And and then those those terrible words that I heard after the film, which were, I'd actually really like to see Spectre now. Mm. <laughs> um, so that might be on my watch list next week. She's got to learn. She's got to learn because you come out of that that movie Skyfall, and of course you want to watch another yeah. one because you're like, wait, this creative team came back and did another one after this. What happens like, next? Fuck yeah! And, and but that you 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 got to find out yourself. Yeah, yeah. Sam so. Mendes did both, didn't he? Yeah. I always forget that. Oh man! And there's no there's no way to convince someone that the next one's going to be bad because like, how do you? How do you say that, like, you know, yeah, the people that made, like you said, the people made this How somehow, do you fuck that up? <laughs> somehow royally screwed the pooch. Mm. Um, so check back with me next week. <laughs> God oh, bless so you my didn't soul. watch it yet? No, that okay. is the thing. Like, I got away with it. I'm in the clear for the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, it's it's funny to, you know, like, <clears throat> I remember Ryan Coogler, director of Black Panther, once saying, I don't follow directors, I follow films. So... It's funny, like, that sentiment, because I'm a person who follows directors, Guillermo del Toro, Chris Nolan, Quentin Tarantino. When that name slapped on a movie poster, I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see those circumstances like Spectre. It'll be interesting to see your rewatch, but that same director <laughs> should be the same kind of ballpark in quality, but it's just completely Well, it makes you think about off. what changes 
you know, is it that, you know, someone burns out? Is it that, you know... Is it that Daniel Craig wanted to slit his wrist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, but how much creative control does Daniel Craig have? Like, he certainly didn't come up with the idea that it's all been a, you know, master plot from the beginning. Assuming. He just waltzes <laughs> into the office on Monday morning. Yeah, I've got an idea. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> um, and, I mean, it's the same kind of thing with, like, you know, when a director comes out with a first-time, like, excellent movie and people are like, oh, this is the greatest thing of all time. Um, I get super hesitant because I'm like, all right, one movie is one thing, but consistency is, is another. Yeah. Which is why guys like Tarantino deserve the cred that they have. That's why you do follow someone like Tarantino because they consistently provide good films. Yeah. So, uh, watch Skyfall. I also took your advice, George, and I watched The Man in the High Castle. And Ooh. I made it past um, episode one. Mm. Oh. Um, so I really pushed through it, and I ended up watching up until, um, I think I'm just finishing up episode seven of season one now. Nice. Um, and this was something that didn't really grab my interest from the get-go. It wasn't, um, I could see how it would. But for some reason, I just wasn't as engaged. And it took me, I think, about two sittings to get through the first episode. Uh But once the first episode finished and I kind of gave it a chance, it really hooked me. And I'm at that point now where I just really want to find out more about this world. Um, And uh, I think, look, to be honest, I think that the the acting is is pretty darn good for for a TV series. I think it's it's um, they've got some good talent. Rufus Sewell, who is one of the guys from Dark City, the movie that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. He, he's the Nazi officer. Yeah, 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 he's so good in that. Yes, he is, and I, I, he's one of those actors that I'm always really glad to see because you know I, I never feel like he, he doesn't pop anything up in. Much. Like yeah, mm. um, so uh, him, uh, the guy that plays the marshal is weird. That like that freaks me out. Just the, the character he's playing. You know, if if you're gonna tell me that someone should be like a gritty martial kind of you know gunslinger, he would have probably been my last pick. Um, I I don't. Do you know his name? He's the guy from um, that kaiju movie um, that Del Toro did. Um, one of the scientists. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You um, know who I'm talking about? Not, not Charlie not, from It's yeah, Always Sunny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he would not be a weird him. pick as well. Yeah. <laughs> they would both be weird picks. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah, he plays this like proper Western kind of like gunslinger bad guy, and and it just it doesn't sit well with me. You didn't like that? Yeah, I don't know. It's a just bit something too hammy. a bit something just a little bit off. I'm not yep. sure what it is. It feels like someone playing a gunslinger, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love the intrigue. I love the the world building. Um, That's what got me about the show, man. Is how well realized an alternate timeline or an alternate history could be. It just yeah. felt like. That could be a way it went. Yeah, and it, I, I also think it's it's really interesting, I guess, commentary on, you know, um, getting, you know, if, if that happened, how would people react? You know, some people are just going like, this is our life now. Other people will resist. Like, it just, I, I think it's a really interesting show. I highly recommend that people um, at least check it out. Um, yeah, just for those who don't know, it's about an alternate history where the Nazis won World War II. Yeah. And uh, so, and, and America is split between the Germans and the Japanese. Um, it, yeah, it's very cool. How many seasons is it? Do you Three. Three at the moment. And I think it's, uh, it's an Amazon Prime original. See, I burnt through the whole first season and I'm still waiting on finishing up season two and three. Okay. Um, I might even rewatch season one again because I I'll enjoyed you know it that much. Go. So good. So, yeah. so, so good. Might I'm glad you're enjoying it, man. Yeah. It gets more science fiction as it goes on, I hear. 
it is by Philip K. Dick, who wrote uh, the the book that was based on for Blade Runner and whatnot. Did he do Brave New World as well? Or? Nah, that was um, Aldous Huxley. That, yeah. yeah, now now you've got me interested with his name. Yeah, yeah I mean it's um it's just so so good. Uh, it, it feels like something adapted from a book. It, someone has obviously put a lot of thought into constructing this world and and you know the kind of the political. Um, atmosphere in a post-World War II Nazi slash imperial J- Japanese world. And the fusion of uh, cultures, you know, like a Western culture with the Japanese influence and the German influence. It's just really interesting and very well yeah. realized. And it, it feels like that kind of 60s, 70s Americana style, but with Nazi yeah. flags flying everywhere. It's very bizarre. Yeah. Very cool. Mm. Um, And yesterday I finished up... Um, see, or I didn't finish up actually. I watched episode five of Game of Thrones. GLT. Sorry, the bells. The bells. Is that what the episode's called? Oh, that makes sense. Mm. Um, <laughs> ben, this is obviously also a throw to you because you would have watched it as well as the only two members of the podcast that actually watch Game of Thrones. I know Thrones. exactly what happened though. So <laughs> I'll, I'll bet you do. Um, so many, so many spoilers my, on Facebook. Mm. One of the most interesting things I found about the episode is not the episode itself, but the reaction to the episode. And I could have, you know, even before going on the internet after watching it, I could have told you exactly what the response was going to be. There were going to be so many angry fans that were just like, oh, I can't believe that they took this road with this, this or that character type thing. And, um, that's not my insert name here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know. To be honest, I quite like the direction that they've taken. Um, particularly with, I mean, one of the key, I guess, um, things that people have gone to Game of Thrones for is, you know, the idea that they don't pander to what anyone wants. You know, if you've got a hero that hero doesn't necessarily survive. In fact, they most often don't. expectations. Yeah, and I mean, the, you know, mm. the, the series is filled with, you know, heroes that don't succeed, with villains that don't get their just desserts. Like, I mean, there's so much of that in this. And I think that, you know, some people were expecting, you know, certain, um, I'm being very vague because I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it. You know, God knows how you'd avoid spoilers at this point. But, mm. um, yeah. you know, I... I think that a lot of people wanted certain ends for the characters that they love or hated, and this didn't deliver on that. And I kind of think that there's a, a a poetry to that because the series has always been about this isn't about you know justified endings. This is about what would happen um, in these worlds. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of things at play with these this season and even last season because they are wrapping a lot wrapping up a lot of arcs that have been set up for years and years, decades even with the books. Um, and I think there is a, a, a huge aspect of that, which is people having speculated upon these characters and where they're going and not getting what they wanted or what they think mm-hmm. should have happened. Um, but I really think there is also an element that the show's not great. Um, I don't think Benioff and Wise have earned a lot of the, um, the conclusions they're coming to with these characters. Um, so I could definitely see where, where people's anger or frustration is coming from. Um, like they're they're making some big choices now. This is the second last episode. We've only got like eighty minutes left of the series or something. Um, and yeah, there are things happening that I feel like something of that magnitude would have taken you know a whole couple of years or something early in the series. Like it's as has been noted time and time again, it's not the show it used to be, and that's not a problem in and of itself. But um, 
uh, yeah, I I am very fortunate in that I just don't give that much of a shit. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm, I've I've never been a huge Game of Thrones fan. I've only read the first book years ago. Um, Sorry, you read the book? I read a book. Yes, Whoa. I can. I can read. It comes and goes. But um, um, I, <laughs> you, I you must never admit this again. I, I'm so, It'll ruin that, your edit, image. Edit, edit, Pause edit, the George, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We're going again. I had, I, had a, I had a plane. I had a plane ride to get there. Um, and you it, didn't play Tetris? What the fuck, man? <laughs> years, you years betrayed ago, me. Years ago, I'm sorry. Yeah, when they didn't have Tetris. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the 70s, man. But before Tetris was the only thing I do with my life. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I watched this whole episode, and it is a fucking momentous episode of television. Mm. The production is insane. I can't believe they're doing this week after week for a whole season of television. Um, but at the same time, I just kind of sat there not really feeling anything for the whole thing. Either good or bad. I like. I. I'm just like. All right, that's another episode, and that is not the reaction someone should have coming out of this. Um. So I. I, I would like. Um. We're gonna try and do like a whole season recap yeah. at the end of this. because uh, I. I don't want to like any huge sweeping judgments until the whole season's done. But um. Yeah. As it's going, I'm like. Yeah. Okay. I think it's Game of Thrones. Whatever. And I think that this will really kind of my enjoyment of these episodes will really be capped off by that last episode. How they conclude everything mm. is is how I will kind of um, judge. Like I, I, I want to be the same as you. I want to kind of reserve judgment as a whole until I've seen the whole thing. Mm. And um, But, you know, I, I think that the people that think this is the worst thing ever Probably that's a bit unjustified. Um, they probably know, are a little younger think- than us and didn't watch TV in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> don't realize what they have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I mean, like you know, it's fair call to anyone that feels a little bit a little bit disappointed by it. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I've heard sort of um, the sentiment that there was supposed to be maybe two or three more books. Uh, well, sorry, two or three more seasons would have adequately covered what was in the last couple books, and they've kind of accelerated uh. through some character arcs. In this, Maybe. and haven't necessarily earned all the the payoffs. You mean some of the actions or some choices some characters make? The show's definitely moving at a pace that it never used to, yeah. and that is coming at a huge sacrifice to exposition, logic, mm-hmm. um, anything that that you would kind of expect from from a show that of the, the but I also think the used to be. irony is that when this TV show did do that kind of setup, everyone's like, "Oh, it's so boring!" Like, "Oh, I wish something would happen," and then the you know. Benny Hoffman Wise were like, all right, let's do this shit. And everyone's like, oh, slow down. Yeah, but just speaking for myself, I was never of that mind. I, I really liked Neither the, was I. Of, the more political stuff. Like, I don't think earlier in the series, I haven't rewatched it in years. I've never rewatched any of it. But, you know, just very quickly, like a character like Euron, who is not a character. He's a plot device and he's a magical plot device. <laughs> and I, I fucking love him because he's, he's a, a, a sexy rock star pirate. Yep. And he makes no sense, and everything he does is just for the plot to keep moving. It is ridiculous, and he pisses everyone off so much. I'm like, fuck yeah, I love this guy. <laughs> um, but I can understand how people who are really invested would be like, fuck this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, we will talk about this properly eventually. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, basically next week when the final episode comes out, we'll be able to sit down and mm. we'll have a like a full spoiler discussion about everything that's happened in the last season and how we feel about it. and. Mm. You know, I won't be, be there. Him. That's gonna be great. You can see, you have to sit in the corner. You don't have not to say this dickhead talk. You're not allowed to get out of it. You still have to sit there. <laughs> yeah, we've got three chairs. We can't change Please, this. We just won't toilet. allow you to speak. <laughs> Turn your microphone off. <laughs> All done. Yeah, Ben, it's on to you. Yes, uh, I also had the um, pleasure. Something that made me feel a lot more inside 
was watching uh, Kill Bill volumes one and two um, on the big screen in 35 millimeter film. Um, this was such an experience, probably my greatest cinematic experience this year. Um, I haven't watched either of them in years. Watching them reminded me how much I, I loved, um, especially that first movie. I remember getting it on DVD before I was even allowed to have an R18 film and just like watching it again and again and again um, and loving the hell out of it. Um, I was on like the verge of tears for so much of this double feature just because of watching a movie this beautiful and like kinetic and propulsive. Um, it was like overwhelming. Like it was not like an emotional reaction. It was just like, uh, this is amazing. Um, it, it was I, like, I, I texted you guys in the middle of the double cause I was just like <laughs> rocking in my chair. Like, fuck, this is so good. Is I, okay? I was honestly surprised that you took the time to text. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, it was just, it was, it was really special. It reminded me, um, of just how, how strong Tarantino, uh, is and can be. Um, and if, man, if you haven't seen those movies, Kill Bill 1 and 2, um, I, I've always struggled to get exactly why people love these. Like really? there's um, particular scenes in the first one and, and sequences and, and whatnot that I absolutely adore. Mm. Um, but it still hasn't quite clicked with me, especially if volume two hasn't clicked with me. Fair enough. I mean, for me, like my, my mantra really is like, until I've seen a movie on the big screen, I haven't seen it properly. Yep. Yeah. Um, and my reaction is always like tenfold. To, to any movie so like i i'm sure if i watched these at home i I still would have been like yeah these are really good but you know watching something on the big screen fuck it's just i still cool. to this day regret not seeing arrival in the cinema yeah, because up. i remember watching that um and i had like you know i firmly believe that as long as you have really good sound then you're probably pretty set um so i watch it with really good sound and and all I could think of is this would be spectacular in a big cinema, yeah, with booming sound mm. and like the drone you know, sounds the, for the score were insane. Yeah, yeah, I would have really loved to have seen that on um, on the big screen. And I think that is a lesson to myself, which is that if if um, uh, Villeneuve ever puts out a film, take the time to go watch it in the cinema. Dune, baby. Yeah, you twenty twenty day one. No offense, Connor Lovey, but you should have known that already. I, well, I mean, <laughs> well, I, when when Arrival came out, I don't know that I was a huge. I don't think I was as cued into Villeneuve as mm. I should have been. Um, again, a couple of movies doesn't make me follow a director. The the podcast has trained us up. <laughs> mm. Um, and just finally, a couple of interesting tidbits from this double as well. Um. Watching how skilled Tarantino is as an action director when he wants to be was kind of mind blowing. I'd forgotten how great the just the hand to hand combat was in that movie after the kitchen scene. The, the decades since of action, I think being a little less uh, impressive in a lot of ways in Western cinema. Just so many superhero movies where a lot of p- people throwing each other around, um, not so much you know fight choreography. Um, and also, uh, Kill Bill Volume One has not one but two Star Trek references. Um, which is of note because Tarantino has written a Star Trek film, which he might direct. Um, so I, just a, a kind of little reminder that, yeah, this guy actually might really, really fucking like dig uh, Star Trek. So um, a bit of an aside, but um, Tarantino's movies are always interconnected in one way or another. Um, do the we think that, Yeah, do we think that if he does this um, uh, Trek film, Star Trek film, oh, that, that, would be fun. that he will make a connection? Hopefully someone pulls something. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully someone pulls out their space phone and it's that um, John Travolta 
meme where he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, think that'd be weirdly meta. I don't think that there's a connection in that kind of way. I mean, like it would be the same universe, yeah. but also Universes that, that would be cool universe. as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's an absolute given for anyone who doesn't know about half of all media, film and TV is actually technically set in the same, same universe. Have you guys heard of Saint Elsewhere? Yes. Uh, I've heard this, of it, but I don't know This old TV show that, that ends with everything having happened in like a sick kid's snow globe or something. But if you track references from that show to other, sh- other shows of the time, through other shows, through other movies, it, it, it's endless. It connects Simpsons to the X-Files to wow. just hundreds of shows that are all <laughs> technically, if you want to work at it, it's set in the same universe and they're all set in this kid's snow globe. Yeah. Look up saying elsewhere if you do not know what Is I'm it, talking about. But it, does this uh, kind of <laughs> jump into the paradox of like, for example, um, Tony Stark referring to... Um, Chris Hemsworth or uh, Thor as Lebowski, who was played by his arch nemesis in in Iron Man <laughs> One, like that kind of. This, this is all through actors playing their characters on other shows and stuff. Okay, okay. Like specific characters being referenced in other things. Weird. It's really fascinating. Weird. Mm. Uh, all done, Benny. I'm all done. I just got a quick one this week. I've been destroying some Dragon Ball Z. Uh, sorry, Dragon Ball Super. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched about I watched the whole saga of the uh, the the Beerus and his brother battling it out. You know that one? No. <laughs> the tournament. What's it? The, the Universe Six tournament. That's what right, it's right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And I rewatched the Broly movie that we went to see earlier this year, mm-hmm. which is just so good. <laughs> that is just such an awesome movie. I can't mm. tell you how much I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it more so the second time watching it than when we saw it in the cinema. Mm. And uh, just on Dragon Ball Super, I'm really, really enjoying the inconsequentialness of this show. <laughs> like it just, it sort of almost knows self-aware that it's tacked on to Dragon Ball Z. Mm. It's like Dragon Ball Z had this really dark, oppressive end of the world vibe. And this one just feels like, yeah, we're just battling it out and it's colorful and it's crazy. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really have that same intensity that, nah. that Z had, even though it's literally universes pitted against each other. And, and I kind of like that. I mm. like that. It's not trying to compete with that. Uh, I, I've watched most of it. It was definitely background noise for me, but I, I did enjoy it. Does Dragon Ball Z or that universe still have a large following? Oh, it's going off, man. It's huge. Like, yeah. Absolutely huge. Um, what? The Broly Broly's the, was, the highest grossing Dragon Ball Z movie, Dragon yeah, yeah. Ball movie. That one was relatively recently. Yeah, January, it? I think. We, mm. Was it, did we go see mm. it in January? January but what February, kind of, what kind of numbers there? are they pulling in? Like when seven. you say the highest. Seven. One seven. Maybe million. <laughs> Uh, no, in Japan, certainly, it's like absolute blockbuster. Okay. Um, and yeah, the, the, the release of the cinematic release of, of the Broly movie this year was also huge worldwide. Not in terms of, you know, like actual kind of blockbuster, but for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's still got legs. It's still going. It's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they've, what, it's like 35 years or something since the series was initially mm-hmm. created. It's still got stuff running. Yeah. Insane. It's crazy, man. Like just the, the wealth of material and characters in this show. It's uh, I, I just love it. Mm-hmm. I, I and it's no you. longer following the same characters, or it is Goku, or? Vegeta, bunch of other motherfuckers that they've j- jammed in there. Mm. That's insane. No, it's it's great, man. Go. I'm gonna try and get through this series to make it two TV series that I've finished in my <laughs> life. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna we get are. into the meaty stuff now. Yep. Onto the news. Um, this is gonna be very Disney. Heavy episode because uh, Disney has announced um, its plans for further world domination. 
Um, mainly, it's uh, release dates for, so strap in, the next eight Marvel movies, the next three Star Wars, four Avatars, 12 live-action Disney films, and seven Pixar and Disney animations. Um, almost all of them are untitled, and uh, almost all of these are set to release before the end of 2022. So, What year is it again? It's, 2008? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, believe it or not, all of these, almost all of these are set to release before in like the next three years. Um, it's eight MCU movies, so two next year and three Every year each of the that. following years after that. Um, I mean, there was the question about whether they would slow down on the movie side, um, A, because- With MCU? Yeah, yeah, sorry, with MCU. There's the question about whether they'd slow down- um, a, because they had just finished off phase four, maybe to give some time for the fan base to rest. Give it a breather. Yeah, apparently not. Um, but also because we thought that they might focus in on the um, Disney Plus streaming side and, and kind of maybe move towards TV shows a little bit. Um, but it does not look like they are slowing down at all. Well, only two Marvel movies next year. So. <laughs> Sorry, I take <laughs> it back. I take it back. They're really so, pulling yeah. back the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then... Um, um, How exciting is it to know that there's two Marvel movies coming out, out next year? I have no fucking idea what they are. Well, I think we can reasonably assume that it is, um, I would say, Black Widow and Eternals. Really? Mm-hmm. And Shang-Chi would be the other, would be the next one. So those three, I would be the next, would say be the next three. I mean, that's cool. Then we've also got um, Doctor Strange 2 and Black Panther 2. Yep. Um, are confirmed. Otherwise, it's kind of a bit, uh, bit up, up, up in the air. Well, I mean... Man, Doctor Strange 2 after Endgame and Infinity War, I'm so in for that. Oh, yes. I yeah. really want to see some more on that character. Mm. Like Doctor Strange 1, uh, watched it before Infinity War and I was like, yeah, that was solid. Mm-hmm. But I think there's just so much to get in with that character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder if the, um, I, I think a lot of people got on uh, to the Doctor Strange bandwagon post Infinity War. Yeah. And one of the great things about that was watching him interact with Tony Stark. Um, and there are certain characters that really are highlighted in their opposition to other characters. And I want to see whether he's able to continue on that kind of, um, I don't know, momentum on his own. Because I think there's a lot of people that felt a little bit lackluster with him in his solo film, mm. which, you know, to be honest, I think I'm, I'm with you, George. I think that's a really solid film. But just in terms of reaction and, and the general populace. It's middle of the pack MCU yeah. film. I hope he just has a dartboard with Tony's face on it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never liked that guy. In but fact, his- he didn't even have to die. There was at least three other ways he could have survived. <laughs> <laughs> but his role in Infinity War was crucial. Like you could have got rid of certain characters, uh, you know. like Not possible. Uh, Drax, gone. <gasps> you know, fairly inconsequential. You? you wouldn't have had- Doctor Strange. You know, who is Gamora and in the Invisible well, yeah, scene. I mean, Come on, mate. Pivotal scenes. But- his, and, and, and everyone was kind of like, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange. I never really heard Doctor Strange be talked that much about. Mm. So I think those films have really done a lot of work for his character to bring him, make him a little more high profile in the MCU. Well, his role in um, Endgame is even more crucial. Otherwise, everyone would have gotten wet. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange, that's, get that's to that tornado. <laughs> Can you imagine being so exhausted as a script writer and a story writer that you're just like, oh, by the way, like we've got this super high-powered wizard. What are we going to do with him? Oh, I don't care yeah. anymore. Just uh, let's give him like a, a dam or something yeah. to deal with. Yeah. Just, oh, fuck yeah. it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> there's too many, too much. Let's just. And then what about the other three? So we've got, we've, we've got five there. What about the other three movies? Um, Iron Man 8. Iron Man 4, 5, and 6, I believe. Yeah. They're doing another trilogy. Um, Captain Marvel 2 will be in there, I'm assuming. Um, Potentially. I'd be very surprised if they didn't have a Captain Marvel 2. Um, Maybe uh, Asgardians 3 will be one of them. Four, four. That's definitely in the mix, I hear. 
I, th- I think Guardians will have Thor in it, so that yep. that will just be Thor four or well, well TD apparently did pitch a Thor four to Marvel, yeah, um, just recently. Okay, um, so that I wonder if they'll they'll try thing. and combine that maybe. Mm. That'd be interesting because um, there there is a as Guardians of the Galaxy, isn't there? Comic, yeah, comic. So I mean, yeah, the, which involves none of the characters from the films, but I mean, whatsoever, you know. N- but that, but that never the, really it, is, it is the MCU, yeah, <laughs> and they like to take a name of a thing and put it and in. Just, yeah, <laughs> for, yeah. For Maybe reason, take yeah. some motifs or something and run with that, which I'm okay with. So um, Marvel's here to stay. Good news. Um, just to jump around a bit here, we also got some also fantastic news. 12 live-action Disney films. Um, it's not confirmed that these are all animated adaptations, but the first few are. are. So it seems like, yeah, okay, they probably are. So we've got um, Mulan, Jungle Cruise... Cruella. Jungle Cruise has the rock in it, doesn't what it? For fuck's yeah. sake. So that's yeah. an adaptation of a ride, which is even yeah. more prestigious than oh an animated film, God. I guess. But to be fair, that that is what we how we got Pirates Haunted of the Caribbean. <laughs> that's <laughs> how we got two. Come on, good let's Pirates let's give them a little movies. bit of credit. That's <laughs> no, we got Pirates one through edit. seven. <laughs> Some of which <laughs> <One>. are good. <laughs> two of them are good. Two of them. Oh uh, yeah, two of Look, them are good. I, I've one always, and two I like. I've always been this weird defender of all three. I like the first three, yeah. Um, I just don't. That four third one was fucked. odd, really odd. Anyway. I mean, compared to four and five, yeah, three is a masterpiece. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. Um, but yeah, they've got uh, Mulan, which is I, I'll be very interested to see that one. I don't know why. It just I think I have the same feeling about Mulan that I did about Aladdin, um, which is why are they like adding white characters to the story, which they've done for both films. Um, which which, which were the white very, characters in? I'm just trying to think in Aladdin. Uh, they uh, there's like a, a European prince or something in it. Um, oh, is it? I think the reaction was strong enough to the Milan version that they may have gone in a different direction with that. But for for both, it was the case, which is like, okay, come on, guys, just like just fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, but um, Milan's not one of those properties that I'm super attached to, like Aladdin. So if we get something that's you know, don't do what they're doing with Lion King. Do what they're yeah. doing with Aladdin. Put it in a melting pot. Give it a new interpretation. I think there's something really interesting. But there. I think they could have done. They could have gone a step further with the Aladdin thing. Like I think Definitely. That if you're going to do a live action thing, make it divorced enough from the original. Like I don't think that they should have taken a single musical theme from Aladdin and put it in a live action. I don't think it should have been musical at all. Because I think Mulan actually is going in that direction. Which I think I understand. that yeah. would be really cool. And and when I when I heard that, you know, Guy Ritchie was doing Aladdin, I thought, oh, we might get this kind of cool street rat version. You know, I, I like Guy Ritchie's style. And what we got was just this kind of, you know, same songs, probably same storyline. Disney shame. Yeah. Um, and, and that was, you know, it'll be remain to be seen, you know, how it turns out. But it's not what I kind of expected out of a live action film. So I don't know. I'm weirdly optimistic for Mulan, despite Same. all the evidence to the contrary. But I think that that could be. A, that, I think that's a cool setting. I think yep. that there could be some really interesting things you do with that. Um, just you know, we'll see. Jungle Cruise, I think, could either go the way of Haunted Mansion or um, uh, uh, Pirates, um, which is you know is to say that it could either they could either fuck it up or they could be really good. I it's suppose the, those are the only it'll two. Either, act, it'll, it'll either be Jumanji or uh, Race to Witch Mountain. Yeah, yeah, and it, the only it will not options. be in between. That's yeah. the thing. It'll like, actually it'll be, be <laughs> literally that film with a different title on it. Let's just fuck that movie, man. Like, Which one? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold but off on fucking that movie honestly, until you see the next movie. Yeah. I get so angry. I shouldn't be this angry. You and, shouldn't. <laughs> and we have the third one, which is Cruella. 
the Emma Stone starring Cruella well. Deville origin story. <laughs> Find out how she became so the, the, the most badass. I can honestly say most. Wait, fuck, that was shit. That was shit. Roast me. Roast me. That no, was dog you're good, shit. You're good. I can honestly say I'm most excited about the nine untitled ones here than the, the first three there. <laughs> Let's speculate. Uh, um, and then um, four new Avatar movies, which we already knew about. Um, Two, three, four, and five. I mean- can you imagine being so, I'd like to say confident, but it's it's probably closer to arrogant, being so arrogant that you like green light four, you know, films after this. I'll be like, this is so good that we're just going to ride the Cameron. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he does have the two, had the two highest grossing films of all time. But he's going to pull up his ass as well. I, I bet he's aiming to have like the top four highest grossing films of all time. Do we think that there's a chance in hell that Avatar is is coming even close to the top three? Avatar 2? Yeah. Avatar 2 could potentially get a a healthy sum in the door, but I I really don't think 3, 4, 5 will. I think it will slowly start petering off. Similar to what happened with Solo. We'll see that kind of thing. You know, it's just overexposed. Mm. It's just too much. Well, I think it might. I think there could be as much trouble as like this Fantastic Beast franchise, where they're like, "Yeah, we're making five movies." Then they do a couple. They're like, "We're thinking about yeah. where the franchise <laughs> yeah. is headed." Yeah. <laughs> we're readjusting yeah. our expectations. Yeah, we didn't talk about that Fantastic Beast. Good story. Let's continue not talking about it. I there's also there's also some Star Wars news in this, which is a big there deal. There is. There is. Just quickly with Avatar. Can we just talk about how much <laughs> okay. I hate that? Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot. Listen. I saw a discussion on Reddit just before we actually walked in today, which was, um, you know, <laughs> Avatar is still a good movie. Disgust. And I was like, wait, still? Was it ever like a really good movie? Like, it, I mean, We should it was- rewatch it, I think, because I haven't watched it since it came out. I Maybe actually was one of those guys that actually quite liked it and I don't hate it as much. I just think the, I think it's the arrogance of having five yeah. sequels. Prove your worth. Get a trilogy in first and then let's talk for five. I think it's also, I guess, the the success of the film that seems to have turned me off of it as well. Like I, I definitely get what you mean. Cause I don't feel like it deserved the top spot. It was very well executed. We talked, I think it was last week we talked yeah. about this, the 3d, the, this, the, that um, it was perfectly coordinated release. But as you said, Benny, can you name uh, a, an avatar character? It just doesn't have the brand equity that a star Wars on MCU has. No. Um, yeah. I, it, it, the one thing that is positive, I think, is they are releasing a movie every two years. So that we're not getting bombarded with them. Um, these are going through to 2027, which is exhausting in its own way. But, um, yeah. you know, at least we're not getting three of these a year like the MCU. That hurts my brain. We've also got some Star Wars movies. So speaking coming. of readjusting the schedule. Uh, yeah. What, what, at one point, what were we getting? A Boba Fett movie, a Solo 2. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Two trilogies. So Culled. So we have a, a, a one trilogy here announced, um, one every two years at Christmas time. So 2022, 2024, 2026. Yep. And as far as I'm aware, we're not sure if this is the, the Benioff and Wise or the Ryan Johnson trilogy. So what I've heard, the rumor is, is that it's the Benioff, Benny, Benioff, Benioff. Ben, Benioff and Wise. It's one person. I put, it's oh, like Marcus McFeely. Benny Wise. Benny, Benny. I, I put ben, him in. Ben Wise. Become one. Uh, so evidently it's their script and Brian Johnson has come on as a consultant. Whether or not that's true, hey, take it with a grain of salt, but that's what everyone's saying. And I, I honestly think with The Last Jedi reaction, Brian Johnson's script is in the fucking toilet. 
Yeah. They're not going they're the shareholders, uh Kathleen Kennedy, everyone at Lucasfilm is gonna be really tough to get him behind the camera again. I, I think feel. you could very much say the same about the Game of Thrones season eight reaction. Yeah. Like, I feel like Disney have signed them on before this and then there might be a little like Oh shit! Everyone like just based everyone on the work, sucks everyone except JJ. Hates this. Yeah, <laughs> JJ, you're doing another trilogy. JJ, but I mean, get ready. to be honest, I don't think everyone hate. Like, I mean, no, I'm the, saying the just, hate just the word, the echo chamber. It sounds like fucking yeah. unanimous hatred. It's, it, it, does, it reminds yeah. me a lot of the Last Jedi. Mm. It, like so I saw someone, much. I saw some comment that yesterday, which was. Um, I think what was it? 2018, The Last Jedi. 2019, Game of Thrones season eight. I was like. Fucking sort your shit out. Like, I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> but it's the same thing. It's like, that's not my Luke Skywalker. That's yeah, yeah, not yeah. my ex. You ex. know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Character. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. I hope that they go down the Knights of the Old Republic route. I know we've yeah. said that at length, but um, distance itself. Distance itself from the Skywalker. Should- it needs to be divorced from what we've seen because so much is about, you know... You know, you'll still get the people that that are, are are angry that they didn't they aren't beholden to book six in this particular saga or whatever it is because that's not my Knights of the Old Republic. I'm still but- angry about C3PO being made by Anakin Skywalker. I'm angry, man. <laughs> Never let that go. <laughs> I'm fucking angry. <laughs> I thought I, that was a genius way to tie the universe oh, together. Really? Honestly, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I guess. I, for me, <laughs> oh, yeah. that when I first watched it because I was a kid, I didn't care. When I rewatched it later on in life, I was like, oh no, that's that, terrible. That makes me fucking angry. For people that complain about The Last Jedi, I mean, like, seriously, yeah. you Real, lived through worse. What's the, what's the big deal? Like, we, we, we've made it through the prequels. Imagine the reaction to The Last Jedi if there hadn't been a, or if the prequel trilogy yeah. was right. <laughs> oh my God. What World War Three? Oh man. If, if, you know, if Star Wars fans hadn't really tasted that bitter, bitter disappointment before. Maybe it would have made it better or worse. Maybe they'd have been more caring towards it. Maybe the the fans honestly can't become... say because so many of them people now like the prequel trilogy so it's much. Weird, isn't it? It's so bizarre. Yeah, I love it, man. Uh, what's really interesting about this, and I think is really fantastic, is they're taking a three year break. We've got a three year break from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty two. That gets a thumbs up from me. I think they need to make people like they don't want to quench that Star Wars thirst, which is what they've done. Mm. They want to dry it up a little bit, get everyone hungry, and then boom, in comes the next film. We've talked about this a lot. Marvel has positioned itself in uh, in a way that it can pump out three movies a year. Like the way that their universe is structured, that makes sense because you're adding to a collective when you do it like that. With the Star Wars, I guess, universe, it feels a lot more kind of shoved in. It wasn't originally designed to be like this. Star Wars films need to feel like events. They need to feel really special. Yes. Um, and, and if you get too much, you're just going to be satiated on Star Wars. And, you know, with particularly with Solo, no one was really begging for that movie. No one really felt like, oh, finally, I've got a Solo film. Like, So I think that this is a really good opportunity to just step back and then just wait for that trailer three years down the road. Oh, when, that's going to be you, dope. When you hear the, the, the Star Wars theme or you, yeah. just, you, you kind of get that feeling like, oh, I'm going to watch a Star Wars film. Yeah. I, I miss that. I really want that. Like I remember when the, you know, the, first, the Force Awakens, that trailer came out. I was like, fuck. You didn't get it for Rise of Skywalker? This is, this is I mean, not as much as I <laughs> got for the last, or um, the right, yeah. No. Solo. Um, not as much as I did <laughs> sure. for- um, Force Awakens, just yeah, yeah. I don't know, just that feeling of like 
10 years I, since the one I before. I missed you. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was looking up some um, some box office stuff today, and while um, Avengers Endgame is clearly well on its way to becoming the highest grosser of all time, it is a long way to go before taking domestic. over Force Awakens as the highest domestic grosser, which yeah. has another two, three hundred million on it. Almost broke a billy. Yeah, yeah, which is um, insane. We, and, and looking at that, the, um, the kind of where the Star Wars movies are falling now, it's hard not to say they might have squandered some goodwill since that movie, whether that be that film or the subsequent films or just all of them are a combination of just this absolute fucking the amount of Star Wars they've been throwing at us since then. Um, yeah. This break is, um, I don't know, it shows some restraint and it's, it's a really good idea. I'm so happy. Speaking of Endgame, I mean, they're currently at like 723 million domestically mm. and about two and a half billion. Like that's nuts. Notes. They're doing pretty notes. well. A uh, couple other notes from uh, Disney's announcement there. New Mutants um, has been given an official release date of April 3rd, 2020. What the fuck? So that's two and a half years since we got the trailer. What the fuck? So the movie was announced like, what, four years ago? I thought <laughs> yeah. the podcast was going to be dead and buried before <laughs> we get this movie. I mean, what the fuck, <laughs> man? It's still like, well made it. Oh, shit. I, I've been so looking forward to this film and it's just going to be terrible. It's, get, yeah. it's getting manhandled what? in the edit bay and it's too many cooks and... Can you imagine, like, the person that is responsible for this must be just sweating bullets. I mean, it would almost be more of a mercy to just kill this movie where it stands because Definitely. now someone is responsible for it for the next, oh, God knows how long, until it gets released. There's and no, let's not no, pretend that that's actually when it's going to get released. There's no pressure on it, though. Like, I feel like whatever this movie is, everyone's going to be like, that was better than I expected because it was delayed for five years. <laughs> but there's obviously enough pressure that this guy kept it afloat or guy or woman or whoever is responsible for it. Mm. They, there's obviously something to it, whether they've sunk enough money into it that it just has to perform. Or, well, that's the crazy thing is like, Disney didn't spend any money on this movie. So they could just not release it. What's the reason? Do we have any confirmation behind why it got pushed again? It went, it went into reshoots to, to make it scarier was yeah. the initial word. And yeah. then the reshoots never happened. Maisie Williams is on record as she was interviewed. She's like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on with that movie. I haven't gone back for reshoots. Oh. Um, and she can't now. She's like five years old. She doesn't look anything like she does in that movie. But um, yeah, there's, I don't think there's been any official word. It's I like think- the continuity between scenes. She looks five <laughs> years older. Yeah, Shit. Totally. Um, I, I think at this point, it just got caught up in the merger. Um, right. And I don't know why Phoenix would be getting a release, but that wouldn't. But um, yeah. It's just it's so, so disappointing bizarre. from my, my end I because I was so into that trailer. Yeah, But maybe that, that's the main problem. Maybe they made a trailer that doesn't reflect the film Quite and people got really excited about it and then Fox was like, fuck. I think that's exactly Ooh. what happened, man. I think you're right on the money there. Oh, on well. that money. And uh, speaking of X-Men, the Gambit film is nowhere to be seen. So that one's, No. That one gone. I know, Don't I know. fucking lie to me, bro. I thought, I thought the seventh director would be the charm on that one. but um, <laughs> And how many people have been attached as, as stars? Oh, I think it's been Channing Tatum. It's been Channing for Tatum a, pretty much the whole time, yeah. Um, well, who's the guy in... Who was that guy and he was in um, Battleship? Taylor Kitsch, who he played was in him there for a bit. Oh, that's right. He played him in X Men Origins. Three, yeah. Oh, X Men Three, <laughs> X Men, X Men Four, Origin Wolverines, Magneto. Um, oh my goodness! You yeah, yeah. He, he didn't get the call up. Oh well. So uh, four people are sad about that, and none of them are in this room. Um, I kind of just wanted to see that movie. It's just like it's one of those ones that's we talked about it so much. It's been kicking around. It's like. When is this actually going to get who made? Who was um, was uh, Gore, Gore Verbinski was attached to that for for, yeah. for a minute mm. for a week there, which I was so into. Yes, that would have been amazing. Love that guy. Anyway, Maybe they're speaking- just keeping this alive by saying that directors are 
attached and then going to the director just, being like hey literally just <laughs> some guy from from the PR distributors something. like <laughs> knocking on the guy's door it's like do you want to talk about gambit they're like no it's like this where this guy's in talks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all right speaking of box office um more shocking news from from this weekend uh, avengers endgame uh won the global box office again for the third week running no surprise there but pokemon detective pikachu did uh, win the Friday. So I think that's kind of the first time that Avengers has been toppled Huge. since it was released. Um, it, um, it was only by a few million, but... Uh, was it 58 million or something? Yeah, good good opening. But um, there was, as I said, it, it didn't win the weekend. It, it had a bit of a drop-off, which I think would be expected with, with Pokemon. That's going to be very front-loaded, that one. And uh, one of the best video game openings of all time, I believe, if not the best. The best. And um, also, obviously, very critically well um, yeah. well-received, which is... Pretty damn special. Don't forget to go check out our review, guys. It's up now. Yeah. Uh, it, I was sort of, I remember when this news came out on Friday or Saturday when it was, I was like, ooh, I wonder if Endgame is gassing out. Uh, but hey, then the whole weekend happened. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's 2.5 million. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> the money came in. Uh, but we, we were saying last week, you know, is it going to hit three Billy? I don't necessarily know if it will, but I think well, it a, will overtake Avatar. It's about. Just shy of 2.5 at the moment. Um, I think it's got at least a couple hundred um, in domestic sales to go. Um, I'd say that China and is going to pump in another at least a couple hundred. Um, I think it's very reasonable to think that this will get to three. Like, I don't see why not. I mean, just bear in mind, we are only in the third week. Yeah. Of of this of this movie being released, the like only, that, yeah, that's bizarre in and of itself, and it's still topping out every single day. But the thing the is, we have now an onslaught of films. We've got John Wick, we've got Aladdin, we've got Toy Story Four. They're just going to keep eating into Endgame's possible revenue. So yeah. I just wonder how much how much legs does it have, and will it keep just bringing in dough, or is it going to really yeah. start falling? Well, I mean, off? A, a good indication might be, you know. Ben, like, do do the sessions are still selling out? Like, what's the, I guess, the vibe? It's still um, with, uh, at work at the cinema. Um, Pikachu had a couple of nights, specific nights that it did very well. Endgame is still easily the MVP of the right. place, though. Yeah. Because um, I remember when, because we were all, were you there when Avatar was in? Yeah, that was the first movie really? by ushered on. Yeah. Oh, no way. <laughs> that was my first um, staff screening. I was like, I, I get free tickets? Yeah. <laughs> I still remember... That being crazy for weeks out, like we were still selling, selling cinemas out. Oh, and I remember how it went. Like it went up. You know, it started out and it just like I remember week three or week four being like, "Is every movie like this?" Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We're not doing that kind of business with it. Like we're not. It's not giving us any trouble in terms of like trying to fit in enough people or anything. We're not selling anything out, but um, obviously globally, it's still doing incredibly well. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys, you're two screenings, Connor. Of Endgame? Uh, two screenings, yeah. Benny, three? Three. In the first 17 hours it released. I yeah, and I haven't gone back <laughs> as well at three, and I've kind of left it there. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I will, honestly. Yeah, I don't think I will either. Yeah, I'm, I might not. But we don't contribute to any box office numbers. so <laughs> No, never. It's a buy a ticket the other day. That was, that was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> um, what time is it? It's trailer time. Trailer time. All right, we've got a... Quite a few good trailers, actually. Big ones. Um, first and foremost, we mentioned this last week on the uh, podcast. Uh, we knew that a Spider-Man trailer was going to drop pretty much as soon as we stopped recording. And lo and behold, 
as soon as we press that stop button. There it is. There it is. Um, so we watched Spider-Man Homecoming. No, Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Um, we've had a week to think about it, week late. Um, yeah, I, I. this is a really interesting trailer because I think that there's two possibilities and they're both, I guess, as shocking as the other. Mm-hmm. One is the straight up, there's a multiverse in in the MCU. Now we're dealing with a multiverse. Um, the other option is that um, is what I think a lot of us think is going to happen, which is that Mysterio, the character of Mysterio, is um, mysterious. In, in, well, mysterious in the comics, he's a uh, he's a special effects artist. He, um, I guess, his soup or his power is to deceive. Um, and I think that we're all getting ready for Marvel to pull a fast one on us. Um, and say that, you know, there is no multiverse. Um, you know, Mysterio is just making most of this up. That's Let, the thing. I think, I think can, can I quickly just bump up this week's question of the week in yep. here? Because it ties yeah, yeah, in quite well, nicely. Well, yeah. This is from Dotu Dotu. Cool name, man. Uh, do you guys think this might be one of those Marvel movie trailer fake outs? Or do you think that this is really going to be a thing uh, now on in the MCU? So he's referencing multiverse here. He or she, sorry, I should say. Uh is is the multiverse a thing now? Yeah, I I really think um, expectations are they're playing with our expectations with this trailer, and maybe I'm over overthinking it because I know you know general audiences probably don't know anything about Mysterio, um, they don't know that he's not Jake Gyllenhaal who is a hero, um, but for for someone who you know is a little more plugged into the the comic stuff, you watch this trailer and you're like, yeah, he's full of shit. You don't know to what degree or how it's going to pan out, but but you can't help but watch this and be like. There's so much more going on here. I think there is a lot we're not finding in this trailer. Yes. I think, you know, the MCU is kind of famous, particularly the Avenger films, are are kind of famous for fake-outs in trailers. And I don't... I wouldn't be surprised if this was another Iron Man 3. No. Yes, the Mandarin. Mandarin. That was Iron Man 3, right? 100%. I have a a strong feeling. And Tom Holland, I believe, has come out and said there's a part of this movie that people are going to hate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a feeling that he's referring to that. I think that there will be that moment where you find out that, you know, Mysterio is just playing his little games. You know, these are all special effects. It's Trevor Slattery again. I th- yeah, exactly. And I, <laughs> I think really hope it is literally Trevor Slattery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think, I think what they're doing here, I think the misdirect, there could be a misdirect here in that Mysterio isn't a con artist and he actually does have powers. Mm. I think that could be another way that they go with this. And with the amount of stuff he's doing in this trailer, I would not be surprised if they go in that way. Or that he is a con artist, but he is from another yes. dimension. Like, there's so many different little ways they could take this. A, a fun little tidbit, they released a clip um, alongside this trailer that has um, Mysterio kind of explaining the situation to Peter in that little shield um, area they have, saying that, um, you know, this is dimension... 616. Yes. And I'm from the, dimension yada, yada, yada. I mean, timeline in the comics, right? So, yeah, in, in the comics... The, 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 the comic book universe is Marvel 616. The MCU is Marvel 199999. So the MCU is not 616. So right. this could just be the MCU. But Kevin Feige would know this. So I don't think it would just be the MCU being like, yeah, we're the main comic universe. Because the comic book universe takes all of the film universes into account. The X-Men, the Fantastic Four, all of that shit is uh, compensated for. Um, so... I think if they're being really savvy, this could be a clue to something. I don't know what. Um, but at the same time, the last Spider-Man film 
said it was set, what, eight or nine years after the Battle of New York, yes. nine years, which would canonically put Spider-Man um, Homecoming after Infinity War. So <laughs> who knows how much they might have fucked this up, whatever. Whoa. Because if you take information just so from it's Infinity tw- War, Endgame. 2012 plus nine years. Plus eight years. So it's set in 2020. 2020. When in Endgame, Tony says literally like six years ago, or in Infinity War, he says six years. Yeah, he was like, um, this is Thanos from six years ago. So if you just take information literally in these films, then Homecoming is set after Infinity War. I, by I thought years. Infinity War was Whoa. meant to be 2021. Twenty twenty two. No, it's set in twenty eighteen. Because then five years later is twenty twenty three. Yeah, which is now where the MCU is set. Okay. <laughs> it's it's all a fucking clusterfuck. Brain hurts. So so yeah. <laughs> knowing that Sony is maybe co-producing this, they maybe they just don't give a shit. Because also in um Enter the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. Into yeah. the Spider-Verse, they cite Peter B. Parker's universe as six one six. Oh, okay. Which also wouldn't be the case. So whatever. Overthinking it. That's um, what I do. No, that's that's really interesting, and yeah. I, I definitely think they're going to subvert it in some way. It just mm. it, it depends on which way. See the the eight years type thing. That seems like a mistake that they would make. The saying that this is six one six that doesn't seem like a, just a random mistake. Potentially, but again, potentially, they, 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 potentially <laughs> but again, they did it in they did it in spite of us. I love so that word. Whatever. Hey, we got another question here that ties in quite nicely. If you guys are keen to bump that up as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, Form. no. Damien no, Boswell. <laughs> Boom, Damien, thanks for your question, bro. Uh, do you think the AR glasses that Tony Stark has that he gave to Peter Parker, does using those glasses give Peter the ability to see behind the curtain and the truth about Mr. Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio? Because if you know anything about Mysterio, you know he's full of shit, but a top-notch special effects artist as well as stuntman. Looking forward to your reply, guys. So, uh, so d- d- does that tech that, that Tony Stark gifts Peter Parker allow him to not only you know see through things in terms of like uh, a spectrum, but can he see bullshit? Are they bullshit? <laughs> Literal bullshit. Um, no. So I think with that first question is, did Stark give? Um, so you, you, I don't know about that. You do see his glasses in the trailer. Um, yeah, you do see the glasses. Very definitive. He, um, Peter's wearing his glasses that he has yeah. in Infinity War. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to see, whether, was there a scene that I forgot from Endgame where he, like, you know, bestows the glasses upon him? Um, he kneels. Yeah. Kneels. <laughs> like, as he's fading away, yeah. he, like, puts them on. <laughs> <laughs> Take these he slaps him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, think that, I think there's going to be a really interesting aspect of him interacting with Tony's tech. Um. I'm really interested to see in the trailer. There's a um, a couple of scenes of him not wearing the tech, like he's in this kind of black outfit. Um, I'm really interested to see why he's not using the tech because he obviously has access to it, um, at least at some point in the film. I mean, I I think there's any chance that the other suits he has in the film are Stark tech that um, have been made for him previously, that mm-hmm. have been left to him. Um, when I first saw him wearing Stark's glasses, my thought was, I don't know, maybe Tony had left a message for him or something. Yeah, that's I what I thought. Like, a- I was thinking either AI Tony <clears throat> or um, a message. But exactly I, I, I like thought. this idea. That's, that's a really good thinking. I like the whole vibe in this trailer, which is something I wasn't expecting. And we talked about this a lot. Is this film going to reference what happened in Endgame? Mm. Immediately, it comes to that mural of Iron Man. It's yeah. like- we're definitively in this zone. And what I really liked about this trailer was the conversation of 
you know, Spider-Man taking up the mantle of Iron Man. I don't think that idea had ever occurred to me, nor I don't know if it's ever been explored before. Um, You know, I don't know shit about comics and the details and whatnot, but it just seemed like two characters that I haven't really seen integrate that much and put a new spin on it. And I was very, very excited to see what they do there. I'm sure that there is a comic out there about Iron Man Spidey. One comic. There's got to be. Like, I mean, there's just so many combinations and crossovers and I guess I just wasn't, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not aware of a lot of these. It's not a huge relationship in the comics. Mm. Um, But I really like how they made it a a relationship in in the MCU. Exactly. It's a good example of how the MCU kind of evolves naturally. It's not just beholden to what's happened in the comics. They respond to what people have responded to. Um, And it also really explains why Spider-Man Homecoming, Far From Home, is the final film in Phase 3. Yes. Because it's clearly part of the story still. And, uh, is uh, what's that sound? <laughs> oh, it's coming from my computer. Um, <laughs> what about the idea? Okay, this might seem a bit out there, but what about this idea? Okay, throwing this here we go, throwing this out there. <laughs> mm. All right, so Sony is co producing Far From Home with Marvel, Sony actually owns, still owns the rights, mm. Spider Man. Are we potentially going to see uh, something where Peter Parker becomes Iron Man? Because Sony, from what I've read, and these are just rumors, but Sony, with how well Venom has done and that whole universe, there's potential that they're going to take Spider-Man back from loaning it to the MCU. Is there a potential here that Peter Parker, and I don't know about the legalities and the technicalities with licensing, but is Tom Holland going to play Iron Man in the MCU and relinquish the Spider-Man that mantle. Is very interesting. It's not something that I would have probably guessed at uh, thematically, but it does make a lot of sense in terms of properties and, and licensing. Like, having said that, I think that Sony would be insane to 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 not hedge their bets and and stick with the MCU. I think that oh, me too. Them yeah. doing one movie that's successful and thinking that they should reinvent spider-man again and think that you know the fan base is just gonna be like oh yeah that's fine sounds sounds like sony though doesn't it i was about to say it's insane but it sounds like something sony would go for but they could actually do it well and do something that a lot of people are clambering for which would be hey we're doing miles morales now like peter's gone they're taking him back yeah and now we're miles morales and they could they they could be a necessity that they could make look like a really cool choice um, but yeah, that's a really interesting idea. I mean, Peter Parker could become the Iron Spider, which is the suit he has in, in Infinity It just seems War, really so. hammering home. Like it was mentioned many, many times. I was like, what is happening here? Mm. Maybe it's just a story thing and I'm overlooking. I'm looking into it too much. But just with the, yeah, it's just very interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how it pans out. I mean, I wouldn't, I, don't, I wouldn't know about the, just the real letter of the kind of copyright law. I would assume that like um, Sony owns Peter Parker. Um, exactly. Spider-Man, but it, it's still very interesting and- P. Paker? Do they own that? <laughs> they just never call him by name again? <laughs> yeah. They might just call him Peter. Like, you know, Peter is Peter. P-E-T-A? And Aunt M. <laughs> hey, Auntie. Well, thanks for those questions, guys. Hopefully those were answered with expertise and grace. As always. <laughs> Any further points on Far From Home? Um, yes, I believe Chameleon is supposed to be in this film. I would not Chameleon. be surprised. Chameleon, yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, I would not be surprised if... Maybe he's pretending to be Nick Fury because it strikes me as very strange if um, Quentin Beck is going to be the villain of this piece that Nick Fury wouldn't be wise to that. Yeah, oh, that's really interesting. So can Chameleon, are his superpowers that he can fly? Yes. 
Oh yeah. yeah. He just, he, yeah. <laughs> he's got really sticky fingers. Um, no, he he can, he can turn into Spider-Man's into nemesis. Any, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd love it if there was a scene where he tried to lick Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, one last thing before we move on, which is um, I really love that Happy is in this. Mm. Um, I, I really yeah, like John Favreau. I, I love that he has a continuing involvement with the um, the MCU. Mm. Um, you know, for someone that helped create this, I think it's it's really fitting that he's there. Yeah, it's nice um, to see him turn up. Yeah. Um, what also final thing is like, do you feel like we've seen? Thing. Sorry. Sorry, do you think we've? Uh, sorry, I know I'm fucking churning this in here, but that all that stuff that's happening with London Bridge and all the 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 big explosions. Do you think that's the final battle sequence in this? No. Okay. No, no I think I think it's just going to be Peter Parker like slapping the shit out of Quentin Beck, who has no powers and there's Hell no yeah. suit in the dungeon. <laughs> Piece of shit! I believed you. In the casino, right? Just in a out. room. <laughs> it's like Joker, Joker yeah. and Batman. <laughs> um, having well, said that, I think that the one game, final thing. Yeah, is it really? It really? What? Do you actually have one no, final no, thing? No. I swear to God. <laughs> no, fuck no. Um, let's go. I think we could talk about this probably all day. Let's just move on. Yes. Um, our second trailer is It Chapter 2. I thought it was um, IT. Anyway. IT. You've made that joke like every I've single time. I've never made that joke. I've on, been saving yeah, that up for two years. It's called the running gag. I've been saving that up for two years, Not a mate. chance, man. I'll, I will go back through all our podcasts and find every time. Please do. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, of course. Um, can, I just, can I just say off the bat, this is how you do a fucking trailer. This is how you do a trailer. This is See, exactly it. Yeah. It's the yeah. only way to do it. It certainly is. You don't, style. you don't think so? Or you thought that. it was good? I didn't say that. Uh, no, I, all right, look, I really like this. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a very particular style where they show an entire scene. And I think that that's a really kind of a hit and miss type thing. Mm. I think it really worked here. Um, uh, I think that uh, um, it leads really nicely into a, um, uh, you know, kind of the actual trailer part, which is the everything getting cut together. It's real. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I love the fact that this trailer kind of brings you into a moment um, I just really hope that it's not one of the scarier moments because I find that, that like when a horror movie does that, you're like, when you get to that point in the movie, you're like, you know, you kind of feel a bit put out. Like, I've already seen this. Let's move on. If it's anything like it chapter one, which it no doubt will be, it'll be nonstop um, jump scares and shit. So um, I am so, 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 so keen for this movie. I read a full description of this trailer like a month ago when they had it at CinemaCon or whatever. And it's the longest scene at CinemaCon, I believe. This was a con- this is a oh, condensed okay, yeah, version yeah, yeah, of yeah, that, yeah. that scene with the old lady. Yeah, so this was all kind of exactly what I was expecting, but um, I loved it in terms of execution. I, I think I think that the the way Annie Muschietti puts together that scene is so effective. Yeah. Like it's just so well put together, draws you in, and then we get that sizzle reel at the end. And by the time I'd finished the trailer for the first time, I was like, "This is done exactly what a trailer needs to do." I'm hyped. I am got a few little hooks about where we're going. We've got a major scene in there. Like this is really shaping up nicely and it gives me a lot of confidence in the project. Yep. Um, I, yep. I, I was gonna say, I also really like the, the use of subtle horror. Um, I mean, in this, there aren't really jump scares in, in, in the trailer, but there's just kind of, I guess, motifs Creep and creepiness. Yeah. And I love um, films, particularly horror films that build atmosphere and don't entirely rely on jump scares. Um, I mean, not to say that I don't enjoy jump scare films. Um, I really, you know, whenever I think of jump scare, I think of um, uh, 
the woman in black is that what it's called mm. um i, I really really enjoy Killer that movie. film really enjoy that film but that that is a, essentially a jump scare film mm. and I, I think this will be as well just like the first one but um what i really enjoyed here was the um the trailer continuity with the first film's trailer yeah, which was yeah. a huge if you guys remember the phenomenon that what that, that was that was such a big trailer um and this one brings back that that weird alarm time yeah. sound right at the end there oh mm-hmm. giving chills i love it that yeah that moment it was just great perfect. sound design mm. one thing the only negative i have about this trailer and it's not really about the trailer but more so the film project itself is what i loved about that first one was the blank canvas from those kids like they were the kids you know, there was no right. James McAvoy from X-Men and Bill Hader from all those things I've seen and Jessica Chastain, Academy Award winning actor. You know, this is just uh, the, kids the, up. The, the, the baggage that those actors are bringing. Mm. Like I, I just, it's a different kind of film and I'm going to have to just get used to that. Yeah. James McAvoy, I think is probably the most jarring to see in, I'd say so. in this. I mean, the, the most, well, the most famous person in the first one was probably... Um, Skarsgård and you can't recognize him mm. so oh, you know um, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things was a but I didn't very known Things, property so. yeah but everyone else did yeah <laughs> everyone else yeah, <laughs> yeah so that, that that's the only thing with this film that I'm gonna have to kind of wrap my head around mm. uh, and, and also I just feel like the Amy Adams casting I love Jessica Chastain and she she worked with Andy Muschietti on uh, Mama mm. all those years ago. So obviously they've got a working relationship. They've worked together. It makes sense. But the uncanniness of how that, that young girl looked like Amy Adams. Yeah. It was just like that was perfect continuity. Yeah. Like I was watching that first one straight away. I was like Amy Adams yeah. is in this sequel. And I don't know if I mentioned to you guys that in the, um, the miniseries uh, Sharp Objects, Amy Adams does play... Her as a grown-up. Oh, okay. That young actress. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Whoa. Which so someone obviously That's caught trippy. on to it at least. They should just like build themselves at for any kind of young slash <laughs> yeah, any old. flashback yeah. sequences. <laughs> Cast them. Mm. But anyway, I'm I am so hyped on this. Yeah, most anticipated film of the year. Um, it, it, it look, it may have even been before Endgame came out. I, possibly. I I just fucking love that first one so much. Final thing I'll say is what I'm really liking about. It and Infinity War Endgame, and it's something we haven't seen a lot in film. It's always about the trilogy, the trilogy, the trilogy. Mm. What I love about those is the two-hander. It's like one and two. That's the film series. They could have done that with The Hobbit. They decided to do a trilogy. I just love that start, end. You know, it two, yeah. boom, story's finished. Well, even bring- though it worked out really well for The Hobbit, yeah. um, I think there's <laughs> something to be said for the, the duology. <laughs> yeah, the duology, man, because then you don't get that middle chapter that's like, ooh, they've got to go do something else or there's this other plot mm. thread that comes in. Mm. It's like, we're going down the gauntlet. Man, why you got to bring up The Hobbit? <laughs> <laughs> you know why we don't you- talk about that around why here. Why you got to do that? You know the rules of this podcast. Yeah. Why Hobbit. do you want to hurt me? The Hobbit. You're a son of a bitch. Uh, uh, next we have Maleficent Mistress of Evil which is um, I'm told a sequel to the Maleficent that came out oh god what five years ago six years ago I think 2014 something like that okay yeah five years ago wait so this is a prequel to the sequel this is a sequel to the original to the prequel which is which is a prequel I suppose yeah good point the original is in part a prequel I think it has a lot of Sleeping Beauty in it, if not the whole thing. I haven't actually seen it. I assume you guys haven't. I, I, I saw not. it. 
I think four years ago or something. Mm. Um, I saw it yesterday. Yeah. Um, look, I'll be honest. I actually, from what I remember, like I remember enjoying it. Um, I thought that it was far better than it had any right to be. Um, and, you know, so yeah, I, 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 that might've been my expectations of it and it just exceeded those or it might've just genuinely been a good film. But my, my memory of, of um, Maleficent was actually pretty positive. Okay. Yeah, I watched um, a bunch of bits and pieces of it and um, from a production standpoint, at least, it was gorgeous. Um, Angelina Jolie's character cool. design is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the whole movie looked great and the scenes I watched were, um, I, I, I really quite dug it. I, there was one in particular, which is I think the one moment they kind of added to the story to really change the perception of Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the whole kind of story hinges on that. And it was like harrowing. It was a really um, bold way uh, for a Disney movie to take a story like that. Yeah. And I was pretty impressed. Um, and this trailer I really liked. And I, now I want to go watch the first one because I, I want to check this one out. Look, I would suggest watching the first one with the proviso that, you know, as I said, that might have been expectations. Totally. I've seen that- enough of it to to know, I think, where I'd be at with it. I just want to be able to be ready for this one, honestly, because yep. I really like this trailer. Um, this, I like the trailer, but it does seem to kind of fly in the face of what the first one was about, which was giving a more sympathetic eye to mm. Maleficent. And in this one, the, you know, the, the sequel called Mistress, Mistress of, of Evil, Evil, it does seem to Make kind of just... Up. Yeah, it kind of just go back on the whole point of the first one. Well, um, maybe, I think that maybe, there's, you know something to be uh, this might be pulling a fast one and you're like hey what's happening here and Maybe then oh, michelle fife is the mistress of evil uh, it does seem as though that might be the way so it i think goes. everyone thought that the captain america was the winter soldier before that movie came out and they're like oh no there is a winter soldier <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, i got shit all to say on this <laughs> i uh I, I, I it's not, not the right demographic. I'm just a butthurt. Look, I'm not going to lie. Twenty-something-year-old man. There was, there was a lot of colours, <laughs> and they used the song "Season of the Witch," so I was happy. That was it. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably as much as we can talk yeah. about. It. Well, I, I will say, I think as far as these live-action Disney kind of adaptations and movies go, this is the direction I like to see them go in. Yeah. I will agree with you wholeheartedly there. Mm. Yeah, I think and I won't go see this, and I will go see Aladdin yeah. <laughs> and the Lion King, and the ones that I don't agree with. That's the thing; I'd be more li- likely to skip this, but I will have a lot less stress and anger regarding this yeah. film either way. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I really agree. I think that um, the key is to do a reimagining or approach it in a different way. Something that, the dark side of the story you never knew. <laughs> but the, I mean, the whole point is that it's not. It's it's mm. the light side. It's it's taking someone that you thought was a villain and giving them more depth and, and interest. Coming 2020. I take it all back. <laughs> yeah, God, there's there's no there's no version of these that they can't fucking make yeah. them terrible, is there? Yeah, I suppose. Fuck. I, <laughs> all right. Well, what the fuck do we know then? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we're bringing it back with a movie that we know we all love. Um, we oh got yeah. Another trailer, I suppose. I, th- I think we can call it trailer for Dark Phoenix, yeah. um, which is set to be the most anticipated film. 2019. This this trailer's like, do you remember X Men? Because there's another one coming. Do you do you remember the half of the X Men films that you like? Yeah, because they're the they, ones we're showing you right yeah. now. Just those. Yeah, remember it was when kind of it was oh. very poignant the ones that they picked and you're didn't, like, didn't see Apocalypse pop yeah. up in there at all. <laughs> Learning. Learning. <laughs> no, we got Wolverine on the Empire State Building from X Men One all those millennia ago and yeah. everything in between. And they're this really just, tapping into the whole. Um, MCU 
kind of kudos that's getting right now is what they've achieved and they have the you know the text on there it's like you know one movie changed it all which to be fair x-men was a big deal for superhero yeah. movies but um so hard to claim that this point yeah, down the line like, <laughs> there's no the continuity balls between on that the, shit. the people that are fucking um doing the the trailers for this thinking like mm-hmm. yeah we're really gonna take this angle on it and you're like you know <laughs> Don't. I reckon. Don't. I reckon somebody at Fox or Disney, whoever, was like, "Listen, this isn't trending. Good guys. We need a super cut of all our favorite heroes mashed into one fucking thing." And but you know what? It it just strikes me as them basically on their knees, being like, "Please remember the good that we've done." Yeah, totally. We, and, I, and I mean, like that to me, just I, I, it doesn't leave a good taste in my mouth because I'm like, "Yeah, but you don't." deserve for us to remember all the good you've done because you've done so much that is bad and you know we shouldn't forget that it definitely has that last ditch effort vibe and i think a film that did a really good last ditch effort trailer was aquaman from last year Mm. it's like that four and a half minute one Mm. that i remember seeing that and being like wow i'm actually really excited for aquaman now i did not get the same feeling from this one at all well it's the desperation it's the desperation this also felt like a very rushed trailer you know in those those um trailers that uh, they're they're very clearly just taking the audio from a scene and then like they clip it off and you can just hear the sound stop and the next scene start and you're like oh that's so jarring to see that in a trailer like don't don't do that like mm-hmm. it's very kind of it's just it seems like trailer 101 yeah any final any final tidbits guys for the this final X-Men film. film ever I, I can't wait to see this movie when when one, um, one way or another it I'm can't, so, it when can't is this, be worse than we're expecting. I'm really excited for the when review. When does this actually come out? How many weeks? Uh, six. We've got a pretty stacked list coming oh in. Goodness. but uh, yeah. I just feel like this has Four been- Four or six weeks away. Yeah, far, I feel like far. this has been on the, the calendar for ages, and I kind of feel like, just let's just have it It was already. supposed to be February, remember? Mm. Remember, and then they bumped remember? it. Remember? <laughs> bumped it? No, no I, don't, I don't have it. any space in my brain yeah. for this movie. <laughs> Um, I hope this movie is actually really good somehow. I also hope it's just balls to the wall franchise ending because, like, they went in and did reshoots on this. They knew that they were not going to be making any more of this franchise. It looks like a lot of people die in this movie. I really hope that they burn this whole thing to the ground. It'd be it, interesting. It could be. It could be, be something really different in the blockbuster sphere, which is something that knows it has no future. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was Simon Kinberg, the director. Yeah. <laughs> Every day on set. <laughs> no, the, James, those aren't your lines. That's just me. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move on. We've got a cool little uh, Netflix property um, called "I Am Mother," a little sci-fi um, with Hilary Swank. This is coming to um, Sydney Film Festival. Rose Byrne, yeah, and apparently yeah. it's hitting Netflix the day after. So. Save some money on that ticket. <laughs> yep. Um, I look. I'm always a sucker for um, uh, for sci-fi. sci-fi. Um, Netflix uh, put out Annihilation last year, which was one of my favorite films of last year. Um, so I have a, a I guess um, a good good amount of goodwill towards Netflix's sci-fi endeavors. Yeah, um, Cloverfield Paradox. Um, I knew you were going to do that. Right. Uh, this gives me a few it reminds me a little bit of moon in a way yeah uh in that like enclosed space uh techie one room Mm. kind of a guy in a room kind of vibe and uh 
you know, whilst I do think that this film has a few, you know, when you're watching the trailer, you're like, okay, it's either going to go this way or this way. Uh, there's only two options way. with this trailer. And then they chucked in a few extra things that I was like, okay, we've got a few other threads going on and this makes it a little more interesting. Yeah. So as the trailer went on, I got more interested in the premise. I think they did a really good job of balancing it. Like, you know, like you said, often when you finish up with trailers, you're like, I can pretty much see where this is going. Um, I think they did a really good job of just kind of really keeping you in the dark. They showed enough of one side, um, you know, the, the kind of the robot being evil. They showed enough of the other side, which is that maybe there's more to the robot than you think. Like maybe there is really good. Like this trailer actually kept me guessing, which is what a trailer should do. It shouldn't reveal the the actual twist or the the plot or anything like that. So I think they did a really good job of kind of creating intrigue. Um, yeah, I agree. It's not exactly a, you know, bad AI is not exactly a new um, no. concept. But I think it'd be really cool if they kind of maybe try and change things up a little bit. Yeah. I really hope there's more to this than than what the, because there's a lot in the trailer. So yeah. I did, I, there better be more. Um, it's an Australian co-production, which is pretty cool. Like it looks very polished. Which is- mm. you know, the, the robot's design reminds me of Chappie. Yep. Uh, that sort of boxy... Don't fuck, fuck it up now, George. I like that Blumkamp aesthetic. No, no matter what everyone says about his film, in terms of his in, uh, production design, I always think he's that mechanical pra- practicality that Look, he brings. I completely agree, but we have rules. We don't mention The Hobbit. We don't mention <laughs> Chappie. We don't mention Blumkamp anymore. Chappie. It's on YouTube now. Oh, yeah, Chappie. Uh, that is my favorite movies, yeah. That and is- I can say that because I'm South African. <laughs> <laughs> Not racist. <laughs> um... Would you just like pick where you're from based on that's it. what what nationality <laughs> you want to make fun of, fun of? Insert accent. <laughs> that's where I'm from. I love you. I don't think you even try to claim to be Scottish, do you? Yeah. Oh, McKenzie. Yeah, that's right. You. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna get a tat soon. I'm gonna get a. Of just all the nationalities that you've appropriated yeah, in Scotland. Your- <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I. Uh, the biggest uh, crime of Chappie is that I didn't like, or I had a worse opinion of Deantwood after that, which is odd because I'm not sure I was ever meant to have a good opinion of them. Like they never came across as like wholesome figures. <laughs> like I, don't know. I think you're freaky. Strange casting. Mm. Uh, and then finally we have the HBO produced uh, Watchmen. Um, Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is really interesting. I, I love that it looks as though they're putting some serious money into that, uh, into this property. It's HBO, so it's not particularly surprising in that sense. I thought, sort of contrary to that, I thought that it looked very well produced. Like it looked polished, looked beautiful, but it didn't necessarily look like there was any big sequences or mm. uh, like that sort of extra layer of production or, or spectacle. Mm. But it looks cinematic and beautiful and crisp. And do you uh, think they're just saving that for later? Could or definitely you, be. Yeah. Or do you, maybe it's just not up to scratch. Or it could or be anything. one of those more conversational. Yeah, unlike Zack Snyder, maybe they understand that Watchmen isn't about spectacle, um, and it is more about the story and the setting. And People hate that Watchmen movie, man. I fucking love it. I really I've watched the it. four hour version and I don't think I blinked once. I really like that movie. Well, yeah, I eyes, don't... My eyes are red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they fell out after. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely don't think Snyder got exactly what Alan no, he Moore didn't. and Dave Gibbons were going for. And what I, but more so, what I love about that Watchman was the conceptually, he nailed what he wanted to do. Is in the brief was, hey, we're going to basically take the panels 
and we're going to make them movies. And that's it. Yeah. Make them movies. <laughs> yeah. That make makes a lot movie. of sense. You, Snyder, make that, movies. That's what the Warner <laughs> Brothers exec said to Snyder. Uh, so I, I, I'm liking that it's going more that vibe. There's very much, not much in here to, to really pick apart. I'm liking the sort of Rorschach cult, mm. worshippers of Rorschach and his mm. ideals. You know, there's something very interesting there. It sounds like this guy with the silver chromy face and the police with the with the yellow masks on. There's not many clues in here about what it's all about. So, and I like that. Yeah. It, it, the gist seems to be just based on this that, you know, Rorschach's journal has gotten out. Um, and revealed the events of the the graphic novel um, to the world, um, which is such an interesting premise, which is obviously where the, the, the graphic novel kind of left off with that hanging. Um, I love the movie uh, Jeremy too, I believe, Irons, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Um, I love the uh, the casting of Jeremy Irons as uh, Ozymandias. He's, so good. I think that's a lot better than Matthew Good. No offense um, from the film version. I thought he was one of the weaker casting elements. But, I um, do too. Um, yeah, I, I really keen to see this. I don't even want to speculate about where it's going to go. I like Damon Lindelof. I loved Lost. Um, he loves Prometheus. Love Prometheus. Yep. I love everything he contributed to Prometheus. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> <For> engineers. <laughs> and then Damon mentioned to me engineers. I can't believe Ridley ruined his movie. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm, I'm very keen for this. How about you, bro? Yeah, really excited. I, I never read the graphic novel. So you need I'm, to borrow it from me, man. It's so you good. You keep saying that. It's that good. Favor. Um, I don't think I've ever actually read a graphic novel. It's honestly the only one you not, need to read. Not out of any kind of snobbishness um, against graphic novels. I just don't think I've ever had the, I don't know, the opportunity or the, the real kind of situation where I mm. picked one up and started. Um, Watchmen has been recommended to me by a couple of people, but just one of those things that I've never really gotten to. It's one of those ones where it has a nice hybrid between the the pulpy comic book stuff and more of a sophisticated, more European graphic novel. Boom. Perfect. I just don't want to be one of those people that says, you know, I don't read comics. I read graphic novels. Oh yeah. I mean, cause then I would just have to hate myself. You're always running that risk. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I come back on the podcast, I'm going to have like this big ponytail. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. A couple of final things. I don't know if anyone remembers here. Is this a one-off series? Like one on done? I'm not sure. Second thing is... <laughs> Do I have an answer to it? <laughs> something. Not sure. <laughs> well, that there we have it. Was that, that, is that, that it? That's so that, Fuck, just, I had a brain fart. I wow. can't remember what the quest, second question was. I don't think that's how many specified. Seasons, how many episodes? Sorry, how many episodes? Right, right. That Eight or ten? That information might be out there. I don't know. Watch you it up there. Um, if you had the choice, Ben, would you want this to be a one-off or kind of a continue, uh, continued series? I'm... Assuming based on it being Lindelof and HBO that they would have like a, a three season plan at least or something, mm-hmm. um, and that things would have to go pretty poorly for them not to execute that. But um, yeah, I, I would like this to run as long as they want to tell the story. Yeah, do you think if it'll be good. successful? I mean, yeah. I think it'll do as well as any other HBO thing. Yeah, not no, as ob- any not other. Obviously, <laughs> not obviously one particular one, but um, yeah. you know, there's a, a plenty of really high quality HBO series that just come and go without much notice really anymore because. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to be the word in like cinematic television, but now there's so many other opportunities. I wonder. For that. We've got no. Sorry, just to jump in here quickly. Mm. No confirmation on episode number. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Only episode length, sixty minutes. Go. Cool. Okay. And just quickly, Trent Reznor, Attica Ross composing. Yes. Totally forgot about that. Me too. That is killer. That's, that's the most exciting. That's thing always about a really it. good indication. 
Um, the I guess this is a bit of an aside, but where do you think the um, you know the future of HBO lies? Because they're they're kind of at the moment it doesn't really feel like they're you know apart again apart from Game Lots of Thrones of Game of Thrones spinoffs. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know. Like, are they, are they maintaining? the same kind of prestige that they had before is this kind of their high and then they'll just drift off like what's the what's your prediction it's gonna be a huge vacuum after next week yeah yeah it's it's one of those ones where i respect hbo so much because they seem to not kind of they seem to have that integrity about their series you know Mm. they don't perpetually go on forever and ever and ever (laughs) supernatural um but Is is that an hbo no uh, but they, that as a comparison oh, okay. they, uh, they're going to run into some trouble with this new streaming era. Yeah. They, they're going to have to build a well, alliance I mean, they, with Netflix or somebody. They've and- already lost comedy, which was like, that was the big thing. You did HBO special. Yes. That was a big, that was a, that, that, I mean, you made it as a, as a know, comedian, as a comedian. Yeah. And now every second person has a, a special on Netflix, Netflix and no one gives a shit about HBO specials. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I wonder if, you know, I don't want to lose HBO as a provider because I think that, as you said, they've got some serious, you know, there's some integrity to their shows. Um, you kind of go there and you, like, if you get an HBO show, you're like, I'm going to get something of quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they do, uh, did they do Westworld? Can't uh, remember. No, West, West. Westworld, I think, might even be Amazon. HBO, yeah. Oh, that is HBO. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's got that that sheen and polish to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like they must be doing okay with the amount of money they've spent on Game of Thrones, and that should keep pulling in shit from for ages, even though it's ending. I just wonder and how they, they do have spinoffs in the works. Yes, no, they do. I just wonder how they're actually going to get eyeballs on these 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 uh, properties as more and more yeah. streaming providers come in. As less and less people, you know, like Emily Foxtel for all the American listeners, that's the sort of e- equivalent. It's the only cable TV that we basically get in Australia. Emily, they lost 100,000 people in the um, first half of this year. 100,000 people. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I admittedly, I signed up for uh, Foxtel Now, I think it's called. Yeah, which is we've their got streaming that. Service. Yeah. Um, and I plan on, <laughs> sorry, Foxtel, I plan on ditching that as soon as Game of Thrones exactly. is over. They must be fucking battening down the hatches and bloody winter is coming for Foxtel, man. Like next week, I don't, time. Yeah, exactly. they just like, got 3 billion or something injected from some investors. Mm. Uh, but it's a sinking ship, man. It's yeah. I have absolutely ship. no interest in continuing a subscription. With no, them. no. And, I mean, and we, just, we had a little troll around. We, we've, we've got Foxtel now as well. Had a bit of fun. Couldn't connect it up to the Apple TV. Couldn't do it through yeah. iView. Couldn't get it going on the TV. So everything has, it's just like, so you've you lost to, me. You have you've to do lost it through me. AirPlay. I couldn't, we couldn't, and it wasn't streaming it through. It was so weird. Okay. But I mean, plug a HDMI cable into your laptop. Yeah. But I mean, even then, like, (laughs) USB C, baby. They don't don't have an app on on a lot of platforms like um, Apple TV. (laughs) I think that's absurd. Um, Yeah. And I I think that I don't know what the reasoning behind um, HBO giving an exclusive, they would have just, I mean, would have been buckets of cash. Buckets and buckets of cash. I don't even know how that works. Foxtel would have had to, you know, f- shovel out money. Um, but that, that I mean, uh, the fact that that's the only way you can get it pisses me off as a consumer. Delete yeah. subscription. If anyone's still listening, thanks for hanging around. 
<laughs> yeah, no, yeah, as we talk about that obscure <laughs> subscription and service. And that's trailer time for you. <laughs> Guys, we had those two questions, brilliant questions, i got to say earlier. So thanks everyone for hitting us up there. If you've got a question, let us know. We will answer it guaranteed unless the volume gets too high and then, you know, we're going to have to pick the best one. So make them good. Uh, we're going to be doing our John Wick review very soon. John Wick 3, that is, not 1. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Detective Pikachu is up. Content, content, content. Coming your way. It's so good. And I, I'm, you know what? I'm really comfortable right now. <laughs> and once you guys are gone, I'm probably not going to leave this chair. <laughs> so it's going to be great. Who said I'm leaving? We'll see you uh, next week, Connor. See you next week. And see you next week, Benny. Bye, everybody. Actually, I'll see you in two days. What are you talking about? And I'll see you next week, George. <laughs> oh, we got some stuff to break to you, Connor. <laughs> yeah. See you, man. Bye.